0: Hi, I'm Whitney Lee, founder of Socially PR and Digital Media, and for over a decade, I've been creating and executing marketing and PR plans for businesses all over the U.S. I'm obsessed with helping entrepreneurs bring their big ideas to life and most importantly, boost their bottom line. The Socially Relevant Podcast is a resource to give you clarity, ideas, and inspiration that you can actually apply to marketing your business. So, you won't find any overwhelming tech talk here. We're breaking down all the details in a way that's fun and easy to understand, giving you tangible ways to take action. Are you ready? Let's do this everyone. Welcome back. We have another awesome interview episode for you this week. I'm so excited. We're talking about a topic that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, today, we're going to talk about virtual events. So of course, anytime I think of a topic or you guys tell me something you want to hear about, I go out and find an expert that that works solely in that industry and uh, love having a conversation with them. So today we have Bree Snellgrove with us. Hey, Bree, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Well, I know you are the event queen. And for everybody listening out there, spoiler alert, uh, Brian and I are like super, super close friends. Um, we met, gosh, I guess it's been a year and a half ago.
1: Yeah. Instant Something besties. like that.
0: Yes. So Brie and I live in cities that are like an hour apart, hopefully not for long, but uh, an hour apart. And we met each other. We both had agencies and uh, we just hit it off and became like fast friends. And it was the funniest part about it for me was like, events are my least favorite thing to do. And I'm like, what do you love to do? And she's like, I freaking love events. (laughs) I'm like, "Perfect." it's like a stepbrother's moment. Do we just become best friends? Yes. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Bree, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So, uh, my name is Bree Snellgrove, and I um, run an agency called Social Icon. And um, for the longest time, I worked in uh, multimedia content creation, social media marketing, and it really moved into um, events in 2019. And in 2019, I think our team had uh, conducted, executed, and um, orchestrated close to 15 events between September and December of 2019. And they were all incredibly wonderful events, large events. They were brand launches, conferences, um, uh, book launches, things of that nature. And um, it ended up being um, something that I really loved. but it is incredibly time-consuming. Um, I have two young children. I'm a mom. I have a, a husband, and um, I I was a, away from home a lot, and so I feel like it was almost a Jesus thing. He he um, put this thing into our lives in 2020, called the pandemic, and um, and everything changed. Of course, I had the the typical panic moment. Right, our entire Uh, Business was premised on doing things with people in person, face-to-face, and that became something that did not exist anymore, and uh, for the foreseeable future, which meant that our influx of revenue would drastically change, and so we spent um, some time discussing that, but very quickly, we turned our heels into virtual events, and so any software company we worked with, um, pre-pandemic, we decided to Really reached out to and talked to them uh, during the pandemic. And, you know, did you ever get those emails that were like, hey, I'm the CEO of this company. I'm just checking on you because, you know, things are kind of crazy right now. It's unprecedented. Um, and so all of those emails I would just reply to and say, hey, um, I'm a person who runs events. I'm interested in virtual. I just like, would like to have a call to see how things are going. And so in that time period, I talked with a lot of CEOs, a lot of directors a lot of developers and built a lot of these relationships pretty quickly after the pandemic started, which really gave us this traction to build virtual events the right way.
0: Wow. And like how timely, because again, everything that was happening in the world, like no real events. So it's like, how do you take an event that has been always in person and like flip it into something virtual? I mean, some events, I think it's easy, right? Like a networking event. Okay. Everybody jump on Zoom and have a cocktail together. Like easy, but like some of this gets complicated.
1: Well, first of all, any virtual event, um, is complicated if you're doing it the right way. (laughs) So, um, I don't know if you've been on a Zoom call where you've heard probably five or six times. You're on mute. You're on mute. (laughs) okay, no, 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 you're on mute. You're still on mute. Right. So, um, for us, it was really important in order for virtual events to really be worth anything or to be interesting or to not be that calendar invite you got four times you just didn't go to, um, it needed to be something people were excited about. Um, and for us, that was about software and technology. So we built a lot of these relationships with software companies that were doing something different. So, um, one of the software companies we worked with was remo.co and so remo had something so example for networking um you would have every, everyone jump onto a link they would create a profile and it would have it would sit you at a table of like six and you could double click on any seat in this it almost looked like a like if you were looking at a 2d piece of paper and it had a table and six chairs around it right just looks like a a hotel a ballroom or something Um, You could click on any of those seats. And when you clicked on another seat, if there were other circles at that table, you would see the other people at that table. Right. And so you could jump from table to table and talk to different people. So it was more actively networking versus I'm in a room with 60 other squares and we have to wait for two people to figure out when they're going to stop talking. Right. You have the choice on whether you want to network with this person or if you want to go to a table by yourself. So software became something we really leveraged. app based technology, when you have something that is, um, a conference, for example, you want people to still have a program and be able to jump from place to place and have some sort of navigation experience while they're sitting at home, looking at a basket of laundry, petting their dog with their feet. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's, it's something that we had to really try to get people involved in versus it being just a viewing experience.
0: What do you think are like the biggest, um, I mean, I've been to some virtual events that were a total flop and you could just tell us just like disorganized. Um, What do you think are like the biggest hiccups that people run into?
1: Preparation is really the biggest thing. I mean, you have to understand your audience, right? So I wouldn't, if I were to work with a company um, that was, so I've worked with, I've worked on several events, but let's say we have one that was primarily uh, people who are doctors and physicians who are the speakers. Um, And the actual attendees to the event are those who had ocular melanoma or they've had they've experienced ocular melanoma. They know someone with ocular melanoma. So that basically means they're blind or they're partially blind. And so you really have to consider what your audience is doing. Right. Maybe if it's a it's an older crowd that doesn't really want to adapt to software, then you can work with things like rooms in Zoom or something that's very simple, like this technology with StreamYard or Restream.io or maybe just a live stream of some kind. Um, I think that some people either make it too complicated, or they underdeliver in a sense that they don't make it engaging enough. So um, it's very rare that you keep people on for more than fifteen minutes at a time for some sort of event. So um, we used to integrate things like um, almost like speed tips. So we would have instead of having a, a classic panel discussion where you have six squares of people, you have the the host and you know five other panelists. We would have each panelist give you know two to three minute um uh, tips or their best practices on that particular industry, and they would give their three minutes, and we switch to the next person. Right? You're getting really good information, but in a short time frame. But it keeps people engaged. Pe- keeps people engagement, so they don't you know start to look at their phone, start to check their emails. They're like, you know what? I'll I'll take my lunch break now. If you do things that are engaging. And, and prepare the viewer for that sort of, um, you know, agenda, it keeps their interest for longer.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so I think you got that factor, but then you've also got the challenge of like getting people there, you know, at mm. first I think with like COVID it wasn't that hard cause people were bored and they were like, Oh my God, right. what? Like they'd sign on to anything just to connect with people. But then we got this like event fatigue of like, Zoom, or what do they call mm-hmm. it? Zoom fatigue we all got zoom fatigue and then people didn't want to participate in anything else. And they didn't want to do the whole, you know, virtual thing anymore. So like, how did you get, or or do you have any tips of like how to get people there? Cause I know people are still trying to do virtual events. Like how do you get people there?
1: I love that you asked that. So I, I did this, I worked with, um, socio. So socio is a huge event, um, platform that was just bought out by Cisco and they have, um, So they had this like, it was called event hack games. And so me and a couple other people got together and we participated And something that we kind of, we really worked on was that portion of it. So let's say it's a holiday event. And now I don't think that virtual is as prevalent in a sense that a lot of people aren't going strictly virtual, but let's say you're a huge company with people all over the world. You are gonna stick with virtual because you can't get everyone to the same place, right? And Mm -hmm. so we worked with a specific company that had, Um, our, our prototype was a company that had a global, um, they had global employees. And what we really found was building up that event, even four to five months out. So having a a huge box, right. A company box that had the swag inside that maybe had like a, a t-shirt or a scarf. And then it had like almost a, a paper program that had QR codes, And so you have these little micro events that happen that were scan this QR code. And on this date, you're going to be able to enter this martini making event that's going to be on Zoom six weeks before the event. Okay, four weeks before the event, there's going to be this, you know, surprise gift opening where employees are going to find out what they're going to get um, whenever the CEO opens uh, the gifts on on Zoom. You kind of have to do this buildup of these little micro events that aren't Forty-five or two hours long. It's like a hey, hop on for fifteen minutes. You're going to find out some more information. You're almost doing virtual teasers that are live, Um, and then utilize for record. Utilize those for recordings to put onto your, um, you know, your platforms through social media. Email marketing is a huge part of engagement, but not the basic email marketing that's like hey, everyone, don't forget that you have a Zoom link that's coming. Here's the calendar invite. See you there. It's like, okay, well, it's super boring, right? Like, where are your, your videos of the intro? Where's your your gift that shows some silly, you know, make it make it simple, um, but also make it engaging um, and really encourage people to get involved.
0: I actually got um, you were talking about like sending people stuff. I had a virtual event that sent me a key um and said you you need to bring this key to the virtual event on X day or whatever. And it was like a, a way that they picked. Like who got a spotlight or something like that. But it it definitely piqued my interest of like, hmm, what is this key for?
1: Yeah. And, and that's that's such a huge thing, right? And so that moves, evolves into hybrid. And so I think that um, you know, part of part of what's happening now, because there's been kind of this crazy life cycle of what virtual events are and how relevant they are. I think the biggest thing is going to be set around how do you get Virtual and live audiences, you know, how do you get them to participate seamlessly and have them be able to have the same level of engagement or experience um, to make it worth attending? Right. So it's it's something we just did for the Women in Leadership Conference for UWF last year. So um, we didn't send out a lot of physical things, but what we did do for the um, virtual audience, right? So what what a hybrid audience is. It's a truly in person and virtual event together, right? And you're able to run one event that is live for two audiences. That's really what hybrid is. Um, and so for the Women in Leadership Conference, what we did is we had a virtual host and then we had a behind the scenes host. So it was almost like you had the main event on the stage. We had an MC for that, but then we had a side stage back behind the scenes, right? The the speakers came off the stage and they they got on the mic and they said, How, you know tell us more about your uh, your industry. And then Christy, we're gonna go to you. So they would go to behind the scenes um, and then they had a virtual host who was in a completely different room, right? They would go to this virtual host and she was doing a bingo or trivia game with our virtual audience while we're trying to do all the other stuff with the live audience in person. And so it was a really cool experience. The virtual audience was really engaged. Um, and that was an event that we had with 700 people 400 were live and in person and 300 were, were virtual and everyone had a really great time. It didn't seem like because you went to the virtual that you were getting the secondhand afterthought information.
0: Yeah, definitely. I actually just went to an event in uh, Tempe, Arizona in September, that was a hybrid event. And they kind of same thing, like every now and then they'd bring the screen up with all the faces on it and everything, but they had a separate host that was like running that. Mm -hmm. Um, So when was the UWF event?
1: That was in March of 2022,
0: it was this year, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So
1: do you still think
0: like people have, uh, okay, sidebar, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are, they work in PR, marketing events, Mm -hmm. or they own their own business. And so maybe people are out there thinking like, if it's so much work to do a hybrid event or to do a virtual event, like is it worth it? Now that we can get in person, like is it worth it to do these virtual things anymore?
1: You know, it really depends on who your target is, right? So in in the in the women in leadership conference case, um, that particular case study, one of the major sponsors was like a Navy Federal, right? And so Navy Federal is a banking organization that had, it's like one of the largest banking organizations. They have huge, they have a huge campus in Pensacola. And so some of their executives could come to the actual event, but they bought as a sponsorship, bought like several, several hundred um, virtual uh, entries or virtual tickets so that their employees could watch it from wherever they were. Right. So in that case, it depends on if you are going to have a really engaged virtual audience. So, Um, and then on another case I have, um, it depends, right? So the, the, I've worked with Cox business and Cox business, all of their employees were in different regions, um, and it wasn't quite worth it to have everyone in person. And so it was strictly virtual, but now I think they're switching to strictly in person, right? So there's kind of this ebb and flow of what makes sense right now. I think it's convenience. I think it's what's happening with cultural norms, what's happening with economics, those sorts of things. Um, you know, doing a hybrid event does not make it less expensive. Doing a virtual event can be a little bit less, but it's not, um, a drastic difference if you're doing it correctly. Cause what you're doing with a virtual event, if you're doing it right, is you're basically producing a TV show is Mm -hmm.
0: what it is. So, wow. And you know, a lot of people say like, Oh, virtual events are dead now that COVID's over. Um, but I've honestly like seen a swing with in-person events more than anything. Like I've noticed that the events for our clients and even like local networking stuff, this is just my two cents focus group of one here. Um, mm-hmm. people are not attending in-person stuff like they used to.
1: Yeah. I, I am. I think that that, that question is so funny. Like is virtual events dead? Right. I feel like virtual was never, it was never dead. I feel like virtual has has been something that's existed in our culture since the era of facebook since dot com right like virtual has just been growing and has become this huge um i don't want to call it, call it like i was going to say demon demon of opportunistic right like <laughs> virtual is one of those things that's like um it's just been on sleep it's been on like snooze mode and then when the pandemic hit it was like this bubble kind of exploded and it that allowed virtual to show its best parts. Mm -hmm. So People had this negative connotation of what virtual was to begin with, um, because they didn't get to have the opportunity to see people in person. But as it, as the life cycle shifted from like, Oh, I can't go anywhere. This sucks. It went to, man, this is really cool that I have the opportunity to connect with people everywhere. So something that I personally had a huge, um, success with virtually is that I had, I built clients from all over the country. These CEOs that I met, I didn't, I wasn't going to their offices. I didn't meet them in a networking event and I would have never met them had I not had the, the opportunity to meet them virtual as an only option. And so now we're, we're seeing, we, we did see in 2020, uh, 2021, the end of 2021, there was, there was that zoom fatigue. There was this, um, I I'm so sick of being on my computer. And then that, that was followed by, Um, the great resignation, right? People are like, you know what? I'm just sick of doing what I've been doing anyway, right? And then people have all done this kind of reshift. And then we've moved into people finding their place and also finding like, okay, this is what I'm okay with doing. I'm okay with doing virtual sum. I'm okay, like, I don't have to put on dress pants today. I can just wear my sweatpants and a nice top. And I think that's how I want to work half of the time. Right. And so that's the same thing with virtual events is that not everybody wants to get up and, and go to an event and be peopled out all day long. Now, those who are your, your true ex, you know, extroverts, they're, they're rocking and rolling right now. Right. Like they, they're living their best life. (laughs) they have been repressed for two years and now they're living their best life. But I do think that there's this, there's this medium that didn't exist before is like, you know, maybe I was an extrovert, but now I'm really I'm really finding myself in a lane where work life balance works best for me and virtual allows me to do that.
0: Yeah, and I I just personally like I don't think people are attending as much in person anymore, not because of COVID, I don't think people are really yeah. sweating that that much anymore. I just feel like they it's almost like we got out of this routine. And, and for me personally, I used to push myself to go to all of these networking and chamber things and, and cocktail parties that I really didn't even want to go to because I told myself I needed to like show face on behalf of the business Um, or like my business wouldn't grow or all these like little stories I was telling myself. But then during COVID, I realized like, hmm, I don't have to go to all that stuff and my business still grew. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like people are not attending things like that anymore. They're not attending as much anymore. I've noticed like physically noticed, like some events are still rocking and rolling like in-person events, but some like people just aren't doing these little like networking luncheons and things like that. I I don't know. I don't know if it's like we've become antisocial because we had so much time away.
1: I don't know. I I think it's less about being antisocial. It's more about work-life balance. I think what the pandemic did for us was it really put a lot of things into perspective, right? It's, I know personally for me, I was considered an extrovert. And then the more time I spent in a virtual setting, I was like, maybe I really like being at home. And then when we went back to in person, it was almost like this, we had to relearn what it meant to communicate with people in person like what are the normal social norms now because it's different like do they have COVID do they not have COVID are they wearing a mask Are they not wearing a mask right so and it I think we've all kind of gotten through that especially in Florida Florida's a special case because I don't know that we really actually ever had COVID
0: (laughs) maybe like six weeks of it like like we never really had (laughs) yeah but I mean I've been working remotely since I was 26 so 10 years (laughs)
1: And I I think that that's part of like people are starting to understand there's other ways to do things. So there's so many ways to do events. And I think that for a company that has a really wide reach, and not only is it good for people who aren't physically able or monetarily able to attend the events in person, it really allows you to develop a huge library of content. So that's something else that's really helping people in the long run is these companies will, you know, yes, in person, you can hire some photographers and do all of that, you know, but you have this library of assets that you get to use and work with once you've done a virtual event. Um, Some of the really important things on, if you are going to do a virtual event um, production is key, right? So if you're going to do a virtual event you're going to do it, right. You have to hire a production team. You need a videographer, someone who does sound engineering, Um, making sure that the lighting is right for whatever um, event you're doing. And I I mean, I've done, I've done a virtual event in a teeny tiny room. Uh, I've done uh, with, with eight people and everyone's scrouched together and we have like a big, you know, step and repeat and a huge uh, globe light with beautiful lighting. And you have all these production people on the other side of the table. And we're all in literally like a 12 by 12 room. I've run a virtual event from a hotel room. I've run it from the comfort of my home. I've run it at a conference center. So I think that's the beauty of that too, is that you have the ability to do that as long as you have all the right people, um, and making sure you really, the, if I had any advice for someone who was going to do a virtual event and execute it well, is to have a dress rehearsal with every single speaker that's going to be coming to the table. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, just, uh, but it makes sense. I mean, it's just like a, a TV show, like having a practice mm-hmm. run.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the Wi-Fi. Um, what kind of you know most software uh, that you use or platforms that you use for virtual, you know, it's the basics, right? Your Wi-Fi, audio, um, video. But then you've got what what type of um, what are they on? Are they on a laptop? Are they on a tablet? Are they on their phone? Because you would almost think like people won't hop on this virtual event from their tablet. Well, you are so wrong, sir. (laughs) People will hop on from whatever they have. Um, And so testing all of that is really important Um, and giving yourself adequate time to do that because I can, I would bet more money than I have uh, on that. If you don't do a a speaker rehearsal with a speaker and they go, Oh yeah, it's fine. I've done this hundreds of times. That's the person that will screw up the whole stream.
0: (laughs) Yep. So what amount of time do you think somebody, I know before you said like some, I mean, teeing it up like four or five months in advance. Like, what do you think, you know, the promotion time, like leading up to the event for a virtual event versus an in-person event?
1: So in-person events, I would give yourself at least a year, right? So in-person events, there's, you know, especially with sponsorships and locking down information and and getting the proper press. Because before you even get the proper press out, you've got to get several sponsors secured. You've got to at least know where your location is, what your venue or your venue location, um, the time frame, the agenda, your your primary speakers, and whatnot. You've got things you've got to make sure that you handle prior to that. So you know, at least with an in person give yourself a year. You could get away with eight or nine months, but it makes it a little more. Um, it's a lot more pressure in that sort of setting. For virtual, I would give yourself at least six months. In six months, because. Um, a lot of the virtual and uh, development portion can be done in a very quick amount of time as long as you have the right information. So building out speaker profiles, you getting headshots, a lot of that stuff exists. It's just a matter of being able to pull that information. So give your speakers or your attendees enough time to really have a chance to get you the information that you need, um, be able to develop and build out that app or that program, and, um, And then give yourself some time. I would say for the speakers, if you have someone that's going to be on a virtual event, do the dress rehearsal. Do a have one-on-one rehearsals uh, about two weeks before. So give a couple of time frames, fifteen minutes apiece. Hey, we just want you to hop on. We want you to test your audio visual, um, and we want to just see um, if you have any questions. Make sure you're in the right lighting. Um, Make sure you're using the right. Is this going to be the Wi-Fi you're using? Is this going to be the laptop and or Computer you're using? Are you traveling? What does that look like for you? Um, ask any questions that they may have. Work with them on what the transitions look like, and then for the either the week of the event or the day before the event, do a full dress rehearsal. Everyone hops on for thirty or forty minutes, and you run through the whole thing. Right, so everyone really has an understanding of what they're doing. Um, and if you do that, the virtual event itself, you may run into little hiccups of a transition or someone says, can you guys hear me? We be really encourage people not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so do it because they're used to it. Um, you know, but really prepare yourself. And it helps the person that's managing the virtual event too. You're gonna feel really comfortable about, you know, what to expect.
0: Very cool. Well do you have any other words of advice for anybody before we wrap it up?
1: I mean, uh virtual is not, it's not something you have to do. It's something we get to do. You know, I think that it's really Definitely. cool that we have the opportunity to to use software and um be in the comfort of our own homes and chat with each other and be able to to reach anybody in the world through yeah. through, through technology. So I I see it as a gift for sure. And um yeah, just thanks for having me. This is fine Totally.
0: Tell me again, did you have like a software suggestion for people if they're looking for like a good um software to be able to manage this?
1: Oh girl. Um so I have um Several companies that I like to, to partner with. Um, it, it really depends on the the budget that you have and the needs of your user base. So uh, Remo.co is great for networking. Um, you have um, uh, Socio. Socio is a little bit more expensive, but it's a really great app for in-person and virtual events. Um, I just worked with a company recently um and I am forgetting the name of them. I'll have to send it to you. That's um, very similar to that. Um, event combo is great for hybrid events. Um, uh, Streamyard, which is what we're on right now, Streamyard is really great for streaming. Restream.io is great for streaming. Um, so there's several. And 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 what I encourage people to do is is continue to to research because they keep they pop up all the time. And a lot of times you have these platforms that are very similar to one another. And their pricing is a lot different. Um, depending on what your company is, you may have to work on compliance or licensing in terms, those sorts of things when you get into technicalities of of approval, depending on the company. Um, but yeah, I mean, continue to research, continue to ask questions. And um, what my role is, is really bridging the gap. So if you're a company that's looking for someone to really know what the jargon is, what questions to ask, um, how do you find the right fit what my event is if you're needing virtual let me know that's that's kind of what I'm here for
0: yeah that's the biggest mistake I see people make is like they don't know what they don't know (sighs) and they go and they plan these events and they don't realize they've just like gotten screwed because they just didn't know what questions to ask or they didn't know something was even a possibility and then they get too far into the planning and once you get down a certain road You know, they wanted this capability, but to add that in would need to increase the ticket price, but they've already launched tickets and started selling tickets at that other rate. And then like, ah, so it's like, I always tell people it's so important, like from day one to know what things need to happen and in what sequence so that you don't roll out tickets and then you've made them too cheap and like undercut yourself and screwed yourself over, you know?
1: Yeah, and consultancy is such a it's such a gift for some companies. And it's you know, um, sure you can find out all this information yourself, but some of the questions you would want to ask you wouldn't know unless you you've produced a virtual event. You know, like mm-hmm. is it is it compatible with you know this type of export? Is it compatible with streaming to you know YouTube? Is it compatible with you know running two sessions concurrently? Is it compatible with making sure that people are able to connect with one another? Um, just by visiting the app, there's just a lot of things that people just, like you said, don't know if they don't know. So, yeah,
0: well, if you need to know, I know someone that you should call, uh, where <laughs> tell everybody if they want to get in touch with you, um, how to find you, what's the best way.
1: Sure. So, um, I am the CEO of social icon agency. I, that is something that is more, it's just for consultancy at this point. I don't do a lot of production anymore. Um, but I do work in the consulting consultancy side and I also work in real estate investing. So um, but if you want to get a hold of me for the virtual consultancy side, you can give me a, a, shoot me an email at Bri, Bri at marketingwellplayed.com. Um, and the Instagram and Facebook is social icon agency. You guys can message me through either of those also
0: sweet well thank you thank you for coming on the show hopefully this has been uh you know eye opening for everybody because i think that's a question everyone's asking is like are virtual events dead so they're alive (laughs) they're definitely alive sister well thank you for coming on the show uh we'll have to have you back again sometime soon anytime sis see ya Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you thought the info was beneficial, it would mean so much if you take a quick second to write us a review and share it on social media. If you have a question about a topic or a specific industry you want to learn more about, reach out to us on socially's Instagram or LinkedIn. And you can also find me personally, the Whitney Lee, on Instagram. We are excited to connect with you and help you make your business more socially relevant.